Hello from the ABC Music Talk podcast. Once again, we return to the lifestyle category as I wanted to revisit mental health during this period of lockdown that we're all experiencing. Truly once in a generation situation. But first, a reminder to go Rota videos. Rota is for artists, managers, labels, or anyone in the music industry who needs to create video content for promotion or monetization. Rota makes it fast, easy, and inexpensive to do all of that in one place. Head to www.abcmusic.co and click the Rota logo on the homepage to access a 10% off discount for the service. Despite this episode having a COVID-19 slant to it, I had originally planned to cover the work that my two guests have been doing regardless, but they produced a fantastic email to help people recently. So I pulled the interview forward, and as I thought, many of you would be able to benefit from it. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Laura Westcott and Stuart Lane. Welcome. Thank you, Alex. Hi, Alex. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Pretty good, thanks, Alex. How are you? Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> It's it's the same day, isn't it? Just kind of on repeat at the moment, but you know we're making the best of it. Uh, it's all good fun. Um, so so we we kind of know each other through that wonderful music industry practice of an extended network connecting people together. Uh, but we have met before, um, despite us doing this over the phone, um, and because uh, you invite you allowed me to come and gate crash your fantastic event called Mental Wealth in the Music Industry. Uh, and uh, I mean, Stuart, you kicked off with this eye opening presentation entitled Helping Music makers make it which is not easy for me to say i have practiced that and uh that's, that's actually that went better that was the best time ever good uh we, we, and then we had these sort of group discussions and kind of expanded upon it and it was utterly utterly sort of you know amazing for someone like myself i've never really given it much thought before i'll be honest with you um so it was it was truly truly interesting so um so we're going to get into some of that if that's okay uh, i just want to kind of relive a few of those things i wrote lots of notes more notes and i think i ever wrote at school so uh, so well done um so uh, laura just uh, could you introduce yourself and just talk to us a little bit about Music for Mental Wealth and what, what's that all about? Sure, um, so I'm Laura Westcott, I'm the founder of Music for Mental Wealth and I'm very passionate about music and mental health um, because I'm a musician myself and I understand that it can be a challenging career and I personally experienced stage fright and anxiety early on in my career um, when I was um, thinking that I was going to be on stage and was really excited about my career ahead of me. I also um, didn't quite believe it inside. So that sadly, that fear took over. I actually had a panic attack on stage. Um, so that, that's why mental health is so important to me, because I actually decided to then retrain rather than continue my career as a musician. I thought, right, that's it. I can't do it. So I retrained and worked um, as a journalist and a PR manager for a few years. And then I met this delightful man, Stuart, um, who started coaching me. And I realized that all the fears um, that I had <clears throat> and self-doubt um, was actually um, prevent preventable. Um, and that was a light bulb moment for me was when I when I got the understanding that what experience I had could completely be prevented in other people. I was like, right, I have to make this um, accessible for the music industry and um, make it one of my life goals is to try and improve, <clears throat> improve that in, in amongst musicians. And of, of course, other creatives as well. It's not just music, it's other creatives. And most people have, have these mental health um, ideas and, and, and connections. So yeah, I, that is the, basically the main reason I started Music for Mental Wealth, and we've been going for nearly three years now. And our main focus is prevention, although we do have other 
elements to it as well, which Stuart will touch on when he speaks. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess like all good ideas, they, they come from that sort of very personal kind of, uh, you know, experience that you've had. So, uh, so thank you for, for sharing that. So, yeah, Stuart, um, basically similar question. Um, but also I, your, your presentation was just so like in depth, as, as we'll talk about in, 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 the mo- in a moment. Can you sort of give us a little bit of, also about how you're able to put those types of presentations together? But, but tell us a little bit how you got into all of this. Um, well, um, I, for a long time, I was just a composer and, uh, and a musician. And um, I became really interested in the connection between mind and body and music. And uh, at the time when I was um, starting out as a composer, there was a lot of pressure to write uh, uh, non-harmonic music. And yet there was a side of me that that was really drawn to harmonic music. And so this set up a question in me about why why do we have to write um, music that's not that's disharmonic? And um, in order to be contemporary and modern and and so on. And I became so interested in this concept of, of harmony and where it came from. And of course it all comes from this. Uh, ancient ideas, ancient Greek and even pre-Greek ideas about the relationship between us and the world we live in, our bodies, um, everything is connected. And uh, and that these principles of harmony uh, are kind of essential to well-being and that they believed that in the past. I mean, in, in the past, the Greeks, uh, they didn't have... Uh, musical keys in the way that we did, but they had uh, modes which are similar to uh, our keys. But each mode was was supposed to be related to a certain frame of mind and uh, to support health. Um, So you'd have some modes that were for dancing, others for being still. And it was seen as a very important part of life. And from from my personal perspective, I it it became more important to me in a way than music itself. This this uh, holistic aspect of of the power of sound beyond just writing music. So that set me off on a, another little journey where uh, it wasn't something that I set out to do. It just happened. But I ended up uh, becoming a coach uh, and training as a coach and. Um, and, and through that, I started to uh, look at the um, the impact of developments in neuroscience on the way we think and how we live. And that became the underpinning principles that I now use uh, when I'm working with uh, people, essentially looking at the relationship uh, between the mind and body, but particularly this fantastic body of research that is now available to us that really gives us insights into how we think the impact of of what we're thinking on how we're feeling and then on how our relationships are built around that so it's it's a for me it's a fascinating subject so i mean so you almost kind of retrained as well then to to be able to do all this I wouldn't say I retrained. I would say I added to what I was already doing because I don't see them as as different. I see music and neuroscience. I see them as all part of the same thing. They're all connected. 
Um, and I also think, I mean, some of the research that's very interesting uh, that has been done around uh, the impact of music is that if you spend a lot of your time involved with music, your brain does develop differently. Yeah. No. And that is interesting. And I think to some extent it does help answer why some people who are drawn along the pathway of music don't necessarily always feel that they're great at doing other things like the business side of it or the more practical elements of it because they actually require different parts of the brain to in order to function and from my own perspective you know if I'm coaching that's not the days I'm coaching are not days I'm going to be composing I, because I just think so differently I have to say, yeah, my, my, my first impression of when you started talking was uh, that it all got quite technical quite quickly. I, I wrote this, this, I think it was a headline in one of your slides, cognitive neuropsychology, how the brain and the rest of the nervous system influence a person's cognition and behaviours. I mean, I, I just love stuff like that because I'm like, there are, there are so many words in there. I have no idea what they mean. I'm going to have to go and look up almost all of them to piece that sentence back together again. Can you, can you kind of maybe give, give me a sort of, sort of layman's sort of version of that? What, what are we talking about there? Yeah, I mean, very simply, um, how we think. There are two. There are two two parts of thinking. There's what's known as automatic thinking, and automatic thinking is is the sort of the the brain's initial response to anything, and then there's actual thinking itself. So, um, because life and the experience of living is so um, expansive and there's so much, the brain tries to learn very quickly the things that we repeat so that it turns those into routines. And that means it can go in part of the brain that requires very little energy. But the part of the brain where we do a lot of our creativity actually takes a lot of energy. So just from the sort of energy economics the brain is always looking at ways where it can save energy so that we can devote more time to being creative. So anything that we repeat or is repeated to us, very quickly the brain starts to think, okay, that's we can stick that in the lower energy part of the brain. But it, what it also means is it gets lodged in there as a habit. And once it's a habit, it's very hard to break. And one of the most difficult things that we face as human beings is a lot of the habits we form, we form when we're children. So they're not necessarily thoughts or ideas that we've created for ourselves. They've been given to us. And some of those thoughts and ideas will be fantastic and they'll be supportive of us and supportive of what we're trying to do. Others will be just other people's, usually people older than us, their, their own limitations that then are in, that they place on us. And, uh, and the, the, the thing about the body is the body is a very dynamic system. If you frustrate it, it starts to feel uncomfortable. So there are certain things that the body naturally wants to do. And when it does these things, it supports the immune system. So being curious engaging with life, being proactive, all of these things. But very often we, we learn not to do that. So it's that, uh, a, a, an example would be if you're a, a little child and you're, you're told not to sort of go into a, you, your parents take you to a museum and somebody says, don't touch the exhibits. And 
it seems counterintuitive when you're a child because you want to touch and explore everything. So we start to learn, you, you know, for some people, they're able to put it in a context where it doesn't cause them a, a problem. But for other people, it becomes much more of a problem because they feel there's an inhibition. And then that inhibition can be carried and developed. Uh, and then we live in this bubble of of things that are frustrating us. And that leads to mental health. So we're very much about trying to help people get back to, um, if you like, the, the default settings they had when they first arrived as people uh, in in life. And essentially, that's how we are. You know, our, our, our sort of factory setting is one of um, joyfulness, uh, engagement with life, curiosity. And interestingly, all of these emotions, when we're experiencing them, they all impact positively on the immune system. And when we don't experience them for whatever reason, that has a negative impact and starts to compromise the immune system. Amazing. So some of the stuff was, you know, like, like kind of complicated, but then other stuff like in terms of sort of, for me, at least eye opening was the, the kind of more simple stuff, like where you said things like thinking is mental and feeling is physical. Uh, and you and to, to change that, you just change it through the physical. I mean, the, the things like that, I just never even thought of that before. I mean, it, it was incredibly insight. It was like a real sort of moment where I, you know, as I say, eye opening and kind of re reset kind of a lot of my understanding of things. It was one of the other things you mentioned, yeah, the industry struggles with change. Um, you know, artists have, you know, often had to, you know, to sort of been reliant on others to do things for them. And now they're having to become much more self-reliant. Um, I mean, it, it, so Laura, is, is that kind of one of the things that you experienced? Well, I mean, obviously, if a musician can manage all the components of their career, like the social media, like booking the gigs and stuff, obviously, that's brilliant. But most of them can't, you know, that like Stuart said, like most creatives and myself included, we have a particular way of thinking, um, strategy and organisational skills mostly for creatives you know we, we we well we have a different relationship with that you know so it's not like we're lazy and that frustrates us when we've been called lazy like we absolutely aren't lazy we're just different and you know as you know Stuart's a creative as well and you know and it's I don't know I mean I, I'm not a coach so I can't speak you know on that behalf but from a creative point of view yes like of course we have to adapt but now people are stepping into their power you know people are at home people can't rely on their managers their studio engineers all these things they are you know they are creating their own home studios they're creating their own live concerts from home and that's you know it's 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 exciting to see that empowerment I don't know whether it's going to be a financially convertible model but you know we let's see how it unfolds you know we've got some great partners that we're speaking to that are brilliant you know releasing brilliant schemes to financially support musicians during this time which is great um, lots of initiatives out there um, it would be wonderful if musicians can just have that breathing space without worrying about money just to be creative because this time as you said at the beginning is it's, it's historical yeah. this is the moment we have to switch off and we have to listen to what we're saying and if that is expressed through music which of course is the most powerful medium then it can only be a good thing so you know let's 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 it'd be wonderful if the musicians can just stick to what they're brilliant at which is creating and the other parts you know can can figure out themselves <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah no it is it, 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 it 
Yeah, it, it it does just it does sort of sort of feel though that you know I, I did an interview with a with an artist um sort of at the beginning of this podcast series and uh you know he kind of he gave me this list of all the things that he's got to do to put a record out because he's kind of doing it on his own more or less and he does almost everything himself and he you know he's a semi successful kind of you know DJ producer um, and the list just kept going I mean it was just insane uh, so I, it was you know it just kind of it was again one of those things that kind of sort of stood out to to me a little bit um, and one one of the other things that I really sort of hit home. Not just, I think, to, to, to musicians, but also to, to people just that, that work in the industry is that sort of bleed between the, the personal and the, pro- and the professional. And, you know, the industry is quite enabling, isn't it? It kind of like it, it really doesn't help if you're uh, out of gigs all the time, drinking all the time. It just that becomes the new normal. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, again, the, the discussion that we had at the BPI was like, for me, at least incredibly eye opening and, and, you know, very relatable, certainly and certainly very helpful. And because you guys uh, you, you do workshops, right? You go into kind of companies and can you tell us a little bit more about some of the some of the stuff you do there. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the workshops are very much around helping people understand the way they think. We do, um, there's, there's quite a lot of exercises that we give people, and uh, but, but practical things that they can take away and do. We do quite a lot of strategy and planning. But the thing is, uh, I think even if you, I think you have to be careful you can't turn artists into children. You can't infantilize them by saying, oh, you're artists, therefore you shouldn't have to do this, this, this and this. I think because that actually doesn't change anything. What, um, it's a bit like that saying, you know, you take a man some fish and he'll eat for a day, teach him to fish and he'll eat for the rest of his life. Essentially, the way people think is probably going to be the greatest problem that they face in life because every thought that you have triggers a chemical response and also very quickly automatic thinking starts to turn into cycles where um, you think a thought and if you think it quite a few times you're it's fed back to you it's like a feedback loop and that's how stress starts and most people have had some experience of stress where something's happened it's usually an event that uh, they haven't suspected uh, expected but the, the moment they it happens to them they start to think about all the other things that can then go wrong on the back of this and very very often it is something connected to money uh, because money in our society is a huge stressor because for most people money equates to survival because if you drop most people in the middle of a, a forest uh, in our society, they would not be able to support themselves. They don't have the skills. So money is really is represents to most people the base baseline survival. So it's a key issue and it's a really important subject. And it's something that we work with a lot because the thing that's uh, key about money is not really whether it's there or not in your life. What's more important about it is the uh, reaction and the, um, the the thoughts that you have, the relationship that you have with money is kind of key. And when we're working with people, particularly if they're starting out, it's really important not to get caught up in narratives around uh, the lack particularly 
um, the, the, the thing that's, that's most important about uh, the brain, and it's one of the key things that we focus on, is a filtering system in the brain, because this is everybody's best friend, because it's the part of the brain that actually searches out what it is that you want. And it is fantastic at finding pathways, particularly when you don't expect them, finding pathways to the things that you want. So you really have to get people to work with this part of the brain. But there's a paradox, and the paradox is it listens to what you say and uses that as an instruction for what to look out for. So when people spend a lot of time discussing about what's wrong or what they don't want, the paradox is they're actually programming this part of the brain to focus on those things. So in after a while, you'll end up only seeing the things that you don't like or you don't want. And it's very difficult to build a career where you're starting out and you don't actually know where your paths pathways are. It's really difficult to get this part of the brain to do that work for you if you're telling it about what you don't want or how everything's going to go wrong. So this is very much about helping people uh, look at the stories or the narratives they use with themselves and other people so that they can start to think, is this narrative actually compatible with what I'm trying to do? Or actually, am I describing the very things I don't want? Got it, got it. And um, It's a real and, paradox. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and so, uh, if, I mean, we're, we're all in lockdown at the moment. And you, uh, so you're, I, have you started to do some of these, these uh, sessions online yet for people as you can't get into their offices and go and sit with them and talk to them? Yeah, we've got, we've got, we've made some videos. So uh, we're just, uh, they've got to, be put on the site or on social media that I'm not quite sure where they're going to go but they've been done um, but I also think that there is something very important as Laura said about this time it, I think it's a gift to us because the the paradox is that um, most of the problems that were uh, when people were campaigning for example about climate change uh, if you look at all the, the various things they were citing as the problem, most of those things have now stopped. Mm -hmm. But what I think is very interesting is no amount of campaigning for climate change made any significant change to those things. Everybody said it can't be done. We can't live without those things. Everything will collapse. But now we've cre something has happened where we are. And just reports like the change in air quality, the, the um, one of the most important things that we're always telling people is how to manage busy lives and that you need to take time out. And you, particularly if you're creative, you need to have that space to be creative. The fact is, is we've now got that space. And um, of course, what it does is it creates a huge challenge because if your brain is busy, you, you're, there's no off button for your brain. So, if, you know, which is why very often when people are touring and you've done a show and you're all amped up, the last thing you want to do is go home and go to bed mm -hmm. or go back to your quiet hotel room because everything is now up. So 
the, the thing is, is we don't really work in that way, but we've created lots of, of structures in life where, where we're expected to do that. So we go to work, we're really, really busy. Then we come home, we're supposed to relax. But most people find it really hard to relax the moment they get home. So they get busy again or they uh, do things like they drink uh, some alcohol to relax or they eat some food but then maybe they drink a little too much or they eat a little too much and you know so everything starts to go become uh, back to front and sideways um, whereas what we really need to be doing is rather than having these sort of strict compartments of right I'm busy now and then you know at nine o'clock I've got this window where I can relax these are very unrealistic ways of being able to live. And I think that's why up until this point, we had an epidemic of mental health issues. It was the main uh, uh, problem that people were facing. And so I actually think that um, we need to do two things. We need to see how we can really um, capitalise on this time that we have, because it's not going to, you know, worrying about it isn't going to change anything. But how we can use it to our own benefit, I think, is very important. Understanding why the mind struggles when everything suddenly goes quiet, when it's been busy, is a key part of that. So it's really about understanding that you need to sort of, you've got to almost like babysit your mind through the stages of, of um, and, and kind of tell it what, what, what you want it to do. Yeah. Um, that's kind of really, really key. And then I think the next thing is, is, you know, fantastic opportunities. What do we do post lockdown? Mm, yes. You know, do we just go back to how things were, which was, you know, killing half the population anyway, yeah. or do we start to really rethink a lot of what we were doing was not working and now we've got this opportunity to rethink it so for me this is a very rich time and uh and and it's very stimulating obviously not the people who are suffering that's uh uh one of the the, the really sad aspects of the this is what we need in order to make us slow down and think yeah. but at the same time um, I also think this is a huge opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of feel like I don't know, uh, Laura, what you think on like my social media seems to be full of people kind of sort of getting to the same sort of like realization a little bit. Like they have got a bit more time. They are kind of uh, you know able to you know, you know when you don't have the commute or the school run or the you know the after school clubs or uh, certainly for me that's the sort of stuff that kind of continually has that sort of push pull thing on like the other stuff that I'm doing right. Um, yeah, and and I mean the environment. Great, great comments here as well. But uh, yeah, so look, I mean, Laura, are you are you finding more more time to get creative? Well, I, the thing I find really interesting is that people are responding. So people are reading emails now, right? Yeah. People are actually replying, um, and I'm having my video calls, and I don't have to get on the tube. I don't have to traipse across town, and I'm saving time. And you know, the thing is, is like, you know, putting a value on your time is something maybe that we haven't necessarily always done. And I'm now thinking, crikey, that saved me two hours that one day. 
at least. And now I, and you know, and that's accumulating how many hours that week and then it adds up. And I'm thinking, wow, and I actually value my time. And, you know, what we're given now is the gift of time to think about that. So that's one positive. And I've, I mean, I found it really interesting, the, the kind of phases that people have gone through on social media, like the beginning was complete panic. Like literally I saw my neighbor in the hallway as I was pushing my bike out and she jumped back somebody I see every single day and panic and then yesterday or two days ago I was in the garden and her I watched her son walk for the first time uh which was beautiful because I've not you know I, I'm I've not seen that and I was singing with with her and her daughter and you know obviously we still have our two meters apart but what went from fear without even you know wanted to even look at me to now I'm singing with her daughter in this garden, you know. So it's it's gone from fear to a community spirit, I feel. And it's now let's we're in this together, you know, we 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 can make a change. I actually joined the um global meditation group um a couple of nights ago. Well it was in the morning actually, it was very early, but I did join it and that surge of energy, you know, that everybody thinking about the same thing at the same time is really powerful and it's the first time I've ever experienced it in my life and I'm I'm I've gone from that scared fear kind of phase myself I have been through it I'm not going to lie I've done that I live on my own it's been trying but now I'm seeing the opportunity and and I feel that collaboration is the way forward yeah no I, I, I think a lot of people can probably relate to all of that that kind of that that sort of timeline of things that we all went through okay so let's talk about this newsletter that kind of really sort of stood out to me I mean certainly what I liked about it was it, it repeats this sort of preventative sort of notion that kind of underlines everything that you're doing you know it was because it was very positive and it was very sort of trying to meet it head on and so Stuart you had a, a bunch of kind of top tips uh can you just talk talk us through some of those and uh and expand yeah upon absolutely um, well, I guess it's the first thing is 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 seeing how you can use this time to really relax and recharge. The key to health is the immune system, and of course, what we're seeing is that the virus is targets it's uh, people who are uh, whose immune systems are have been challenged. So it's an area of vulnerability. So to support your immune system at this time is going to be really a fantastic way to uh, prevent uh, getting the virus. So how can you do that? Well, the first thing is, of course, is uh, getting good sleep. Uh, Rest and relaxation is really, really important. Um, Doing some kind of exercise uh, is also really uh, important. So we always need the balance between sleep and, and exercise. Keeping hydrated is very important. In fact, um, if you're not hydrated, you will probably find that you experience sleep problems. So drinking lots of water uh, throughout the day is really, really good. It really helps the body with all the work it has to do in terms of processing, um, in terms of uh, usual body functions, everything like that. It's very, very important. We're geared towards um, uh, being creative and doing things that are new or unusual. The brain loves that. So if you really want to feed your brain, then reading about something that uh, or uh, engaging in a creative process 
doing anything that is slightly unfamiliar or gives you um, some some new focus, all of this is really, really helpful. And the other thing is, is to focus on thoughts that help you feel good. If you understand the relationship between what you think and the fact that every thought triggers an emotional or chemical response in the body, which translates into a feeling, then it's very easy to to turn what you're feeling into something good by focusing on thoughts that link to positive feelings. And again, the the thing that's important about uh, the feeling is that that is your link to your immune system. So when you feel good, it's your body's way of telling you that your immune system is functioning well. So, uh, which is a fantastic mechanism. It's great because it means that, you know, that nature has configured us to uh, enjoy life. We are configured towards enjoying life. And so it's really important to make sure that that's something we do on a daily basis, not, you know, as a treat once a month you enjoy life, but it should be part of our daily practice. And I think going back to what Laura said, and maybe realigning some of our values around what we do and what we value, and making sure that our happiness and our well-being are high on that list of values. Very good, thank you. And and so, Laura, you you've already sort of talked about the sort of the collaborative sort of uh, nature of of you know what we're all kind of experiencing now. And one of the things I loved about the newsletter was that you gave a shout out to a bunch of other organisations. Can you give us a little uh, little sort of overview of who who some of those were? Yeah, of course. So we had um, Help Musicians UK, which is the biggest uh, charity for helping musicians. Um, so they have lots of funding. Um, schemes that can help them with recording albums etc but they're also helping them with <clears throat> monies that they've lost during this obviously this time because people aren't able to perform live for, uh, in person for their friends um we've also um gave a shout out to the bpi um the british um, phonographic industry who um have been a big you know big supporter of ours but they they represent the whole of the recorded music industry in the uk um they're kind of acting as a hub at the moment to sort of to collate all the information available um, and music for mental wealth. You know, we, we, we have a new vision, although it's always going to be around prevention or as our core, you know, um, mission, we are also going to be a hub for other resources that are available to support mental health. So we'll just signpost. So our core, you know, our core will always be prevention and, and, and music that improves mental health, but we'll also signpost as well because truck going past the background didn't quite hit the put. I, I, w- I wouldn't worry. I've had a few go past <laughs> that I can hear, don't worry. But you know, look, I mean we we you know we're 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 still a startup really and you know partners are key, you know, they've been supportive of us and the last thing we want to do is not um, let people know about their services when they're so valuable. Um, there are you know, lots of things available for free at the moment as well, um, like programs that people can learn, like studio software. You know, that's a great time to start learning those resources. Um, you know, maybe you know we step outside our comfort zone slightly as creative and do try the things that we think we're not good at maybe that's just something an old habit you know that we now's the time to try and overcome maybe someone once said that we weren't good at accounts well let's see 
you know, let's see what we're like now as a different person each day. We're growing. So maybe let's try and actually do an accounts course uh, or something. You know, I'm, there's lots of resources available. And we're going to keep doing our newsletters. So if anyone wants to sign up to them, by the way, then just visit our website. Yeah, well, but... I, I do I do want people to because, I mean, I, I read it and I just was oh, this is this is fantastic. It, it's it's so it was so simple, but it had so much kind of content in it. So to speak. I mean, you just mentioned some of the, the cheapies and freebies. And, you know, I'm definitely tempted by some of the, the kind of the, the studio trials that the, you know, like companies like Apple have kind of extended upon. But I guess, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know about that unless you went looking for it. So, yeah, your, your newsletter was just I. I thought very very handy that way uh, one of the other things i loved about it because it is we're talking about music and musicians and all the rest of it you had a bunch of playlists in there which were fantastic <laughs> like what really like I, I kind of do think though that your homes are just permanently in the sort of zen mode is that is that accurate like is, have you got those chill playlists playing all the time is that what's going on no, no i jump around from time to time i like you know i like high energy stuff too don't you know um yeah no absolutely those playlists are stuff that we've put together that we you know We'll have another playlist next week. So if people want to send in what's been what they've been listening to, then we'd love to hear from them. Um, you know, and also we're going to be launching um, our, an online version of our Music with Meaning event series because we did seven or eight last year, which is it's a, a simple format. You know, you said our newsletter was simple, great, but it was effective, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this Absolutely. Music with Meaning campaign is simple format. Musician shares the meaning behind their song uh... and then performs the song. So like when we did these concerts last year, like the pin could drop in the room because the musician bared their soul and told the story. And we had famous people as well as emerging artists, but it didn't matter what, you know, you know, who they were, the connection they had to that song really, really resonated with the audience and the, the, the respect that the audience then paid to the performer, you know, I've never seen that before. So we're going to try and do that on an online format. Oh, cool. You know, lots of musicians are at home doing their home gigs. We, you know, we don't want to be jumping on any bandwagon or anything, but we feel that mental health still hasn't really been, you know, a touch point really in these campaigns. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we're all going through. So, you know, stay tuned. Like we're going to be launching that hopefully in the next few days. Yeah, we've, we've got all the content. We've recorded all of our gigs with, you know, Jamie Lawson, James Walsh from Star Salem. Yeah, we had loads of amazing performers as well but you know let's see if that can translate online i think it will i think it i, def- I think it definitely will yeah i mean I, i'm certainly one of those people that will certain songs i will go and look online to find out what the meaning of the, of the lyrics are right you know that that's so yeah i think it's fantastic what a wonderful sort of like twist on it all uh awesome um so uh so what, what what's next for for your organization like i mean you've obviously mentioned a couple of things there but i mean is there a kind of do you have like a sort of an end goal or is or, is, or are you just kind of figuring it out as you go along i want to improve the mental health of, of not just the music industry but you know my goal is i'm a big vision person okay so the planet okay improving mental health of the it. planet seriously raising vibration of people so that we we are we are happier and healthier um the music that then is created from that higher vibration vibration that we're all feeling is more um more joyful and 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 you know I don't you know there's a lot of angry ang- anger still and you know if we if we can help improve mental health which um, we are then I think that the world would be a much happier place quite frankly yeah for sure Stuart yeah I, I would agree with that totally I think um, the vision really is um, that most of the problems start young so. The uh, the younger uh, we can get um, people to learn how to 
preserve their well-being and to value their well-being and to understand the things that cause us to feel stressed, anxious. This A lot of them are not necessary, you know, and they don't help us. Uh, so f- from my perspective, I would like to see it rolled out from school onwards Definitely. so that people grow up uh, feeling empowered, that, that they have something to uh, give to society, which, of course, everybody does, and that society has something to give them. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, we've we've come up on time pretty much. So uh, that was an awesome discussion. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, great, great follow up for me personally, at least if nothing else. And I hope my, my listeners enjoy it. Um, so to my listeners, thank you for listening. I welcome all feedback, comments and suggestions for future shows. My Twitter handle is at Alex Branson. Just put podcast DM in a message and I'll follow you back and we'll have a dialogue. Or head to the website, which is www.abcmusic.co, where you'll find a contacts page and you can email me. So thank you once again, guys. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye.